welcome fellow cosmic explorers to the Cosmic Chronicles podcast, where imagination meets reality and science fiction comes to life. This is the very first episode, and I, your host, Quinn, am excited to bring you this exciting new chapter of my creative exploits. And I'm joined by my co-host, James, from James Saw Music. How's it going? Going pretty good. So before we get started, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. First off, where to find the podcast. So we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all of the links at cosmicchronicles.buzzsprout.com. We are brand new, so we are looking for sponsors Email us at cosmicchroniclespodcast at gmail.com if you are interested in sponsoring this podcast. So let's talk a little bit about this podcast and why we started. So I think the very first really good conversation that we had was about a science fiction book. What book was that? We're talking about The God Emperor of Dune talking about God Emperor of Dune. Both of our favorite books. Both of our favorite book, definitely in the Dune series. And we talked for like an hour and a half straight. And I remember saying to you, we need to start a podcast. <laughs> and I remember saying to you, uh, that's not really something I'm quite interested in yeah. at this moment, but uh, you convinced me. So here we are. Now it's finally <laughs> manifested it. all of this time later. Um, and that was when we first met when we were working on the Chapter House uh, Dune Ultimate We guide. originally started collaborating on a Halloween special. We on were, the Halloween the special, The Lovecraft right. Halloween special. And then we immediately got to work on Ultimate Guide, the Chapter House Dune. And now James has been doing all of the music for Quinn's Ideas for the past three years. Three years, yeah. And it's been a pretty wild ride. So yeah, we always had those really great conversations about science fiction together. And I, as a YouTuber, was like, we're missing out on this content we could be posting this and people would be watching it it'd be great content and so now we've finally gotten to this place and the other reason that we both really wanted to start this podcast is because we both consume so much media whether it be books movies or tv shows um, in the science fiction realm and we both understand that science fiction is powerful and science fiction is transformative I think people really underestimate the ways in which science fiction has influenced our culture and our society. And we intend to explore that in this podcast. Um, science fiction teaches us about who we are and it shows us who we could be. Okay, so today's topic is the Black Mirror Effect, reflecting on the dark side of technology in the modern world. Warning, there will be spoilers for the episodes that we talk about so keep that in mind. Quinn, why don't you tell us a little bit about Black Mirror? So the series Black Mirror was originally commissioned by Channel 4 in the United Kingdom, and it premiered December 2011. A second season ran during February of 2013. In September of 2015, Netflix purchased the program, commissioning a series of 12 episodes, which were divided into two seasons of Black Mirror. Black Mirror is an anthology show slash suspense show with an emphasis on the intersection of technology and human social interaction. 
Black Mirror at the time of its release was a single edition in a long line of sci-fi leaning anthology shows such as The Outer Limits and my personal favorite, a lot of people's favorite, The Twilight Zone. The themes of Black Mirror can vary widely from episode to episode, but some of the major themes include human relationships and loneliness. Black Mirror explores loneliness in the modern social and technological landscape. Surveillance and privacy. Black Mirror explores the theme of constant surveillance, highlighting the potential loss of privacy, the consequences of living in a world where every action is recorded and monitored. Virtual reality and augmented reality. The show frequently explores the consequences and dangers of virtual reality and augmented reality technologies, blurring the lines between the real and the virtual world. Other themes center around social media, transhumanism, technological dystopia, all the good stuff. Okay, so we can't go through every episode. It would take way too long. Yeah. So we're going to talk about three of our favorite episodes, iconic episodes, which cover a range of ideas and themes. The first episode we're going to talk about is called 15 Million Merits. Quinn, why don't you give us a little Quinn's Ideas summary of this episode? So 15 Million Merits is an episode from the first season of Black Mirror and it's set in this strange future dystopia where people live in these cubicles, these enclosed boxes, these enclosed environments, and they only leave it to go to work at these pedal stationary bikes in order to generate a currency called merits. And these bikes also apparently ostensibly generate electricity for the population. The story revolves around the character Bing, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. He spends his days cycling to earn the currency of his society, the merits. And merits are necessary for basic needs. Uh, you need them to purchase any kind of food, any type of hygienic products. Every little thing in their society requires these credits, these merits. Um, and you also need them to escape the mind-numbing advertisements that bombard their individual screens throughout their daily lives. So they live in a society where they're totally surrounded by screens. Their cubicles are, their cubes that they live in are entirely screens. And the one of the most frustrating parts of the episode, one of the most existentially terrifying parts of the episode was when he can't stop the advertisements. He doesn't have enough credits to skip the advertisements. So in this dystopian future, being our main character becomes infatuated with this young girl, this young woman named Abby. And Abby has this exceptional singing talent. And Being is inspired by her talent because everything else in their world is so synthesized. And things like individuality and creativity are not emphasized and definitely not encouraged. So Being is so inspired by her talent that he uses his 15 million merits to purchase a ticket for her on their equivalent to a certain talent show from the real world called Hot Shot, uh, hence the name of the episode, 15 million merits. But when Abby finally gets her chance to perform in front of the judges of this talent show, and by the way, the judges have quite strange names, Wraith, Hope, Charity, they manipulate her and coerce her into instead participating in explicit entertainment rather than showcasing her singing ability. And this, of course, drives Bing to rage and desperation. 
he saves up another 15 million merits just to buy himself a spot on Hotshot. Um, and he wants to express his disgust for society and he gets a chance to do that. And he has this powerful, controversial performance where he where he is pointing out all of the horrors of their society, the superficiality, the dehumanization, the exploitation. And though Bing has this moment to speak the truth, the real horror of this episode is that he too ultimately is coerced. His anger is commodified, just like everything else in their society. And though Bing escapes the cycle, he just enters into what is ultimately an even lonelier, even more fabricated existence. So 15 Million Merits explores the themes of societal conformity, the influence of media, the value of individuality, exploitation, and authenticity. The episode serves as a critique of reality TV, uh, commercialization, and the loss of humanity in a future driven by relentless consumerism and conformity. Let's talk about the feeling of isolation in this episode first. These rooms they live in, surrounded by screens, one person in each in each room. It seems lonely. It reminds me of COVID. Absolutely. It reminds me of being trapped in my little makeshift office where there was nothing but me, my computer screen, and a webcam. It's a weird uh, coincidence because this, of course, was made before COVID was even kind of a thing, before anybody had even considered COVID. But it is weird and interesting to see this now that you have all of these individuals in their individual little boxes surrounded by nothing but screens. Their only interaction, their only like interactions with screens mostly. I mean, they do go out into this uh, this communal area to work, so it's not a one-to-one um, comparison. But I definitely do see that similarity. It's It's glaring now that having gone through COVID. Do you think you could live in this world? Well, it depends on whether or not you were taking me out of where I am now and putting me in, or if I was born to it. Because I think now that as technology is progressing, that things are going to start to change more rapidly and more significantly. And the generation that's born into it is going to consider it totally normal, right? And though I, as an older person, might reject some of those things, to them it's going to be totally normal. So if I was born into it, of course I could live there. I would definitely suffer from probably the same issues that I guess most people would suffer living there, like the loneliness. Um, but yeah, I could live there. And if you were taking me out of it right now, could I live there? Well, that's the thing that's scary about Black Mirror is that we can see the similarities between this and our real world. Um, so much of our own interactions are through screens. So could I live there? Probably. Would I like it? No. Could you live there? I think I could live there, but I would get very bored very easily. The video games, the only entertainment they have are these video games, and they seem very simple. And I would need better video games. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally could, I think. They're like worse than first generation Wii games, like not even first generation Wii games. Yeah, definitely they would need better video games to keep me more engaged. I would need like, I would need more for sure. In this episode, they have these little virtual avatars that they call doppels. The doppels. And they spend real money or merits 
to mm-hmm. decorate their doubles, give them little costumes, give them little hats. Absolutely. I think uh, when uh, Bing becomes famous with his little shard of glass, one of the things they could buy for their doppel the is a little of shard of glass. And their, their avatar makes this little face. It reminds me of like Nintendo. We have our little Miis that kind or of like look the at Xbox us. characters. Yeah, that pop up. Bitmoji. Or um, when I log into my Oculus Quest, the first thing I do is I look to my left and there's a little mirror and my little avatar is waving back at me. Yeah, so when I first watched this episode, the idea of spinning, spending actual money on this little figure... Meaningless series of lights. Was, it was, was insane to me, yeah. Um, but now, having gone through COVID again, going through COVID, I got really into The Sims, and you spend a lot of money dressing those little characters up. So I can't judge them now. So it's funny how how closer our reality has come to the black mirror reality just since 2015 exactly when i first saw it i was like how frivolous <laughs> they're spending money on this this is so silly and dumb and uh, i will not begin to tell you how much money i have spent on Fortnite. you cannot be judgmental <laughs> yeah um and especially you know in a society like this so would you spend money on your avatar well again if i lived in this society what else is there to spend money on? I mean, you got food, you got hygiene products, and then you got your screens. All you have is the screens. Okay, but you could spend money going on hot shots. You could spend money going on hot shot. Um, and hot shot is an interesting invention of the show, like I said, because like I said, it is based off of, you know, like an American Idol American or Idol, an X, X Factor. Factor. America's Got Talent. But it represents something really interesting in this show. So let's start with the judges and their bizarre, bizarre names. So we got Wraith, who I guess is the owner of Wraith Babes, CEO of Wraith Babes, like the explicit content guy. His name to me, it, it's meant to represent the fact that he is, it signals that he is hollow and that this whole thing is hollow. And then we have Hope. Uh, you want his approval. He represents hope of a better life. You know, he's the one that says, you know, maybe we can give you a chance, right? And then you got Charity. She's the one at the end that lets him speak. You know, like, let him give him a chance to speak. She seems empathetic, and yet she is, like Wraith, hollow. She is also a falsehood. And this show really represent, represented to me the exploitation of dreams the exploitation of um, people's wants and desires you know these people live in these cubicles they pedal bikes they live in the cubicle they pedal bikes they live in the cubicle they pedal bikes of course there's this human desire to want more right and they they, they have hot shot because it's like okay this is how you get it that's 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 the idea. That's the lie that they're presenting. This is how you get to that place. But it's really an illusion, just like everything else in their society. And that's the real tragedy of this world. And it also kind of puts me in the mind of, uh, you know, back in the Roman days, they do bread and circuses during the fall of the Roman Empire. It was to distract everybody, bread and circuses. And that's kind of what I was brought to mind at the end of the episode where you have everyone cheering crying, doing whatever, reacting to this big, big um, thing, which is ultimately commodified in the end. Ultimately, everything that was real and authentic is drained out of it. What was interesting about it is that the judges immediately 
kind of recognize the truth of what he's saying, but they don't want it to be, they don't want to lose control over it. I think the powers that be see that if we can control this thing, if we can live with it and control it, we can, it can exist among us and it's not a threat to us. And to me, that was the most terrifying thing about Hotshot and this, and that particular part of the episode. So where the hell are they? Are they underground? Are they in a building? Are they on a spaceship? That what do is, you think? That is a good question, and it's kind of ambiguous in the episode. My first thought watching the episode is that this is underground, that we are deep, 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 deep underground. That and seems I, about right. And I don't even, I don't think we see the surface by the end. We don't see any windows. No, it's all fake. It's all more fake screens. He's not, he's not on the top. Well, at the end of the episode, he he gets his nice apartment. It's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than bigger. The, the cube he had before. And he looks out. Bigger box to, and bigger screen. Like, it looks like a window to the real world, but it's still virtual. It's just like it's virtual. better graphics than what he had. So, like, that was his upgrade was just a better graphics card. Yeah. I mean, that's that that to me indicates that this hot shot thing is like giving you this idea that you can rise above, you can get to the upper levels, but you're not really getting to the upper levels. You will never be on the top with the, with the elite. Well, I'd rather be be at the top levels than, (laughs) than below. Well, absolutely. You'd rather be where he is than where they are. I mean, that's what you assume, but then again, maybe it's more lonely on the top. You know, we don't see what's outside. Yeah, because at least when they were riding their bikes, there was some social interaction. There's the communal area. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a job like that. When it, Can he leave his cubicle? What? Where does he go when he leaves his cubicle at the top? Where is he going? I don't know. So that was the main question that I had watching it. And then I thought too, at, for, for a little bit watching this episode, I think when I first saw it, that they might be like on a weird spaceship at first. But the structure seems like weirdly large, I think, to be a, a spaceship. So where do you think the bottom is? If the top is kind of where Bing was, and I'm sure there's levels up there. So we had the people on the bikes. That seemed like the bottom, but there were actually people below them, the bananas. The bananas. Tell me about them. So they were the people that I guess couldn't make it on the bikes. And uh, what was what was interesting about this episode is you have the one character who's like fully bought into, you know, like the, the consumerism and everything about it. He's pedaling on his bike. He's like laughing super hard at all of their like ridiculous programming and everyone, every class, um, when, 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 you, when it comes to like controlling populations, every class needs another class to, you know, look down on. And that's what was highlighted in this episode. That guy needed someone to be lower than him. He's like, I can pedal my bike. Why couldn't you make it? He needs someone to look down on. So that was, that's what that was highlighting to me. But to your other question... What's, what's, what's the lowest? What's, what's lowest? below the bananas? I, I well, for all we know, <laughs> they're they're recycling the corpses of people, and that's what the food is made out of. Yikes! Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I've watched. That's that's that a makes little sense. Dark. Maybe that's what the toothpaste is made out maybe of. Maybe that's too. what the toothpaste is made out it of. Looks kind of weird. Like we've seen uh, time and time again, we've seen science fiction like this, and it's never a good where the food is coming from. It's never good. Like it's never good. Like when we have to ask where the food comes from, it's not good. And like we mentioned too, like ostensibly the bikes are generating power, but for who? 
And is that really all they're doing? I, I, I don't I don't really trust that they're just generating power for their population. What do you think they're doing? Maybe humanity is enslaved by aliens and they're generating. Oh, they're generating it. That's tinfoily and nothing in the episode <laughs> suggests that. But when it comes to like, where the hell are they? Yeah. Why are we in this situation as a society? But I tend to think too, Black Mirror is not really about aliens. Black Mirror is about human society and it's the human destruction. Yeah. And human interaction. So I feel like if we're in this situation in this episode, being that it's Black Mirror, we did it to ourselves. It Absolutely. wasn't anybody doing it to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. What do you think the whole point of this episode was? Well, again, I think this episode is a critique on consumerism. It's about loneliness. It's about the commodification and the weaponization of our hopes and dreams and desires. It's things that we see over and over in the society. Like I, for one, one of my biggest pet peeves is emotionally manipulative advertisements. Um, I, I hate I hate those types of advertisements. Every time you turn on the TV, it's trying to play on your nostalgia. It's trying to play on your love for your parents or your siblings or for whoever um, to buy some product that has nothing to do with that. And I, I really, really felt that in this episode. And also in just like how so much in their society is fake. And then the only genuine interaction that that being has, the one genuine connection that he makes is taken from him. And then ultimately his rage itself and his truth itself is commodified. So I think that's what the episode is about. And those are my main thoughts on it. I think it's a really good episode. And it's one of those episodes of Black Mirror that really, really stuck with me throughout the years. Not all of them. I, re I, I don't remember all of them as well, but this one really, really sticks with you. You probably relate to this episode more than most people because you're a YouTube content creator. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm sitting in a room all day, like speaking my thoughts into a microphone. And um, everybody, I feel like everybody wants to be an influencer almost like so everyone wants to be in social well, media. well i think in a way don't take this the wrong way it's kind of like you won hot shots and you don't have to ride the bicycle anymore you get to make videos you get to create content yeah but they, yeah but then that's the thing because i'm always thinking about like i don't want to fall into that corporate trap of being commodified i want to keep things authentic especially with my youtube channel which is why i haven't taken sponsors on the youtube channel because I don't want to do any sponsors that aren't authentic to like who I am with the brand. Now with the podcast, it's a different entity. And of course, we're going to keep the sponsors, you know, like in keeping with the brand. But, you know, yeah, I definitely felt that similarity now watching it. Now that I'm like, you know, do, doing YouTube full time back in 2015, it wasn't really like I was doing YouTube totally full time like I am now. But watching it now, definitely I do see that. And I, I stare at a screen all day. You know, and uh, most of my interaction with human beings on a regular basis is through screens. So absolutely, um, it definitely resonates with me as a, con as a content creator. Let's move on to the next episode. It's called The Entire History of You. Can you remind us what happened? So The Entire History of You is also an episode from the first season of Black Mirror. It is set in a world where the majority of people have a small implant in their brain. It's behind their ear and it's called a grain. The grain records everything a person hears, experiences, sees, allowing them to replay their memories on a screen at any time. The story follows our main character, Liam, 
who becomes consumed by jealousy and suspicion after an encounter at a dinner party with one of his wife's ex-partners. He becomes fixated on the idea that his wife, played by Jodie Whittaker, Doctor Who, by the way, might be having an affair with Jonas. So using grain technology, Liam obsessively analyzes his memories. He's reviewing every detail, searching for clues of infidelity. He becomes increasingly paranoid. He confronts her eventually, leading to tension in the relationship. It becomes more and more strained. Things become more and more tense. Um, he delves deeper into his memories. He becomes unable to distinguish between the past and present. So as he becomes more and more obsessed, he eventually gets to the point where he attacks Jonas. He forces him to delete all the memories of his wife and things cascade and cascade and cascade. So this episode is really about the impact of technology on people's personal relationships, the nature of memory and the potential dan dangers of becoming too consumed by the past. It's like a cautionary tale about the downside of having perfect recall and the toil it can take on individuals and their interactions with the people around them. Would you get that grain implanted? That is a tough question. See, I, I totally wanna... would. I totally would. Why not? Well, okay. Well, I want to say, yeah, but then I don't want to, I don't want to be like our friend uh, in this episode here, Liam. Uh, mm. See, the thing is, I already find myself obsessing over memories in my life awkward moments weird moments that have made me angry i'll replay these over and over and over again and i think this is a problem that a lot of people have i think this creates a lot of anxiety for a lot of people so imagine if you could concretely see that memory i think you'd be living more in the past than in the present um so I, I i think i i think but think of the benefits think of the benefits it does have a lot of benefits the total recall total recall sure being able to like see family members that maybe aren't around anymore uh maybe even they talk about Absolutely. this in the episode purchasing other people's memories That's like because you know I, I never I'm, I'm never gonna be able to go deep sea diving and and see anything like that but i can purchase that experience and watch it like i can a, a vr experience and it totally reminds me of total recall you know the movie yeah um it's it's a similar concept like the implanting memories but there are a lot of downsides as well to the concept of having a grain as, as there are benefits so like one of the downsides too is the idea that your memories can be hacked and stolen so we have the one character in this episode that was gouged like so someone took her implant and somebody is watching all of her memories because her memories apparently weren't encrypted and I, I i would assume that even if your memories were encrypted that it would be um it, it'd be hackable still you know what i mean because encrypted mm -hmm. things encryption can be broken um so your memories would never be safe your intimate moments like your 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 very very intimate moments with people that you're connected to all of that could be exposed but so I feel like that would be like a major, major downside. The, the, the idea of hacking or memories being stolen. Well, do you think that there could ever be privacy in this world? No, I well, don't. Unless you didn't have the grain, maybe. Unless you didn't have the grain. Like, look at our society now when we talk about uh, in the United States, the NSA spying and, you know, all the ways in which we are being monitored 
And we don't have implants in our brains that record everything we're doing. We just got our cell phones and stuff, and they still manage to constantly spy. In a world where everything you're doing is being recorded, and there's a way, to, by the way, to connect it wirelessly to a television, if it can wireless, wirelessly connect to a television, it can connect to the internet. The government is connect watching your memories. Connect to their neighbor's Wi-Fi, connect to their television. Yeah, so there is no privacy in this world, ultimately. I, we, there's arguments about whether there's privacy in our real world, which is why, like again, Black Mirror is always so poignant because of how meta it is and how it, you know we can clearly see how it relates. So in this world, parents have the ability to watch their children through their own children's eyes. So at what point do you turn that off? <laughs> like, do you turn that off? They're 18, at, like, maybe. I feel like. But probably sooner. To watch I don't know. <laughs> your kid until they're 18 is insane. And there's another Black Mirror episode that we're, we don't mention specifically in this uh, podcast episode. Archangel oh, yeah. that deals with the whole parent parental thing in this type of society um, in more in more detail. But yeah. Well, if parents can watch kids. If that, that there's that ability, so I'm sure the government's watching the government, you. Yeah, it's easy. They're definitely watching you. They definitely would have no problem hacking and and seeing right through your. At eyes. one point, Liam's going through a security checkpoint, and the security officer makes him rewind for the past 24 hours. So they can verify that he's actually yeah. him. So the government definitely does have access to your memories and are able to like tell you, like, show it's, us what you got. <laughs> it is so unbelievably creepy that. Like some security agent has the right to tell you to rewind your memories. That is insane. He didn't even think about it when he did. He's just like, okay. As we mentioned with the, the 15 million merits episode, being born into this type of society, it's totally normal to you. You wouldn't think anything about it. Like, I definitely feel like I would be the old person. Like, I'm not getting the grain. You're not getting my memories. You're not getting my thoughts. Like, I, I, I just I, like everything in my being tells me, no, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, that to me was a very, very creepy part. The idea that they can literally be like reminder memories and he's got to do it to get through to travel in his country. Like in the United States, one of our freedoms is in the Constitution. We have the right to travel through this country unmolested. Right. Not not stopped and be asked to be identified let alone have our memories rewound. So that thought that they could even do that is one of the scariest things about this episode. So if you had the ability to rewatch and dissect every interaction you've ever had, how would it affect you? So we did get into this a little bit earlier, but to go into more detail, I think it would have a negative impact on my psyche. I really do, which is why I'm ultimately against the grain. I feel like I would be going back, recycling through old memories constantly, especially if this is something that I had from birth, I would be going back and recycling memories. Um, and I don't think that would be good because I feel like living in the present is is what what being human is. Right. And we shouldn't be stuck like daydream about daydreaming about the future. And we shouldn't be stuck reliving the past. We should be living our current moment. That is what I believe that is like fundamental in like my belief system. And, you know, I'm just I'm just against it. I'm just against it. And I don't I don't think it would affect me good. And I don't I don't think it would be good for any person. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my take. But my question is, how would it affect you? How do you think you you can you could handle it? Right. You said earlier you think you could handle it. Definitely. I would definitely, definitely get the grant. I think it would be fun. Um, I mean, let's think about it. We already spend a good time in the present thinking about the past with just our own memories. But I wish it could be a little bit clearer because every time you remember something, that memory degrades. And also with social media 
every day, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, they're reminding me exactly what I was doing a year ago or it's two years cringe. ago or five years ago. And it's, it's cringe. Well, I think it's kind of cool to be like, Oh wow. Five years ago I was, I was in Disneyland. Well, wow, what cool. good times. So I already do spend a little bit of the time in the present thinking about the past and maybe that's good for my memory. Yeah. I mean, like they mentioned in the episode too, um, our memories, people can implant false memories. Our memories are not real. Our memories are not accurate. And this is our brain constructing something based on like how we remember. It's like a memory of a memory every single time. So I, I understand the appeal of having the grain. So you have a more concrete memory, but I just like the, the whole thing about like the privacy aspect of it. And then also for me, the aspect of being fixated upon past it just well as you get older you start to have more and more memories and Mm -hmm. then you have the ability to scroll through your greatest hits but at what point do you actually stop living because like yeah we spend a little bit of time now thinking about the past but if we had all of the past recorded and then like at what age are we just looking back at the past just looking back at the past yeah okay actually living i didn't even think about that because can you imagine living your entire life with the grain and then you're very very old and your body's a little bit weaker i think that you probably would live a lot more in your past that is interesting interesting to think about like or or someone maybe that has um become you know paralyzed and can't move their body anymore they would probably be living more through the grain um, but I imagine like in, in a universe with technology like the grain, you could like have a whole digital universe in your mind or something like we've seen in other episodes of Black Mirror, but that's not what this was about. So we don't have to get into it. But yeah, that that is something interesting to think about. Um, at what point? I, I, I feel like death, death is whether people like it or not, death is hard to think about and death is death is sad. And when and people get old and people around them die, people that they've known their whole lives die. And the grain would be something I think that would be a comfort in someone's last years. So that is a very good point, I think, for sure. Like you would want the grain in your last years. I think you would because, of course, you'd want to see your mother or your partner again. Of course, you'd want to relive those moments. At the end of the episode, Liam was right with his suspicions, though. So does this mean the grain was a good thing for him? Because he was right. He looked back in his memories and he's like, I'm not crazy. She's cheating on me. And he was right. Well, that's kind of the question of the episode. I mean, it kind of destroyed him, though. The process that he went through by the process that he went through to get to that point was very was a very destructive process. You know, I mean, he attacks some guy. He's probably going to jail after this. Okay. Like, so, I mean, (laughs) it wasn't good for his mental state. Yes, he knows the truth. But was the truth worth? all that is it just better not to know maybe it's better not to know that's the question of the episode uh maybe that's the question of the episode so i don't know if he was better off because of it so do you think that we would be happier without social media well that's been proven that's been proven for a scientific fact that we would be happier without without social media social media is one of the leading causes of like anxiety and depression i feel like the constant comparison to other people yeah, I think we'd be happier without it. I, I can I can talk to that because for a while, <laughs> this is actually kind of a Black Mirror story. I I deleted my Facebook and I was much happier. I didn't have that constant scrolling through and seeing how everyone else is having a brilliant day. 
Um, but I deleted my Facebook and I became much happier. And then I got my Oculus Quest, my VR headset, and I could not play it unless I had a Facebook account. So I had to reactivate my Facebook. And now I have a Facebook again. I can't escape it. Yeah. It's just like a big whirlpool. It's like a, like a spider web that traps everybody again and no one can leave once they merge. So, (laughs) yeah. So what is the point of this episode? I think the point of the episode is, like I said before, how much of living in the past is okay and at what point does it come destructive um, to your relationships, to your mental state? Um, And what are the consequences of being everything in our society is being recorded, right? And I think that's a direct correlation to the real world, right? Because uh, everything, so much is recorded now. Surveillance cameras are everywhere we go on a walk down our neighborhood every house has a ring camera everything you do is being watched everything is being surveillanced not just by everyone around you but the government everyone so yeah it's about it's about surveillance and the consequences of that and the consequences of everything being recorded so that's what the episode's about in my opinion and it's a very good episode and it's also one of those ones that really sticks with you not just because one of the actresses is uh doctor who but just because it's a very very good episode and like I think most of the episodes of Black Mirror that really, really stick, it, it's, it's like a one to one, like the comparison to our real to our society. You can see those connections very, very clearly. And I think that's one of the things that also sets Black Mirror apart from anthology shows like The Twilight Zone, which can be a lot more abstract. Black Mirror is usually pretty much on the nose. Well, speaking of nose, our next episode <laughs> It's called Nosedive. Give us another Quinn's Ideas recap. So Nosedive is an episode from the third season of Black Mirror. It presents a kind of, you know, satirical uh, take on social media and the culture of constant rating and validation. And it's a more of a a funnier Black Mirror episode, which some episodes of Black Mirror are funny. You thought this this episode was funny. It is funny. This it's, episode it's is funny stressful and AF. stressful. It's 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 simultaneously funny <laughs> and also one of the most stressful episodes of television that I've ever seen in my entire life. Especially like that third act is so stressful. Even though we had seen it thousands, it doesn't of times. matter how many times you see it. <laughs> you it's knew it was always coming, like, holding on for dear life. It's always gonna stress you out. So this episode is set in one of the worst Black Mirror societies of all time. <laughs> it's set in a world where every interaction that a person has from business interactions to casual conversations are rated on this one to five star scale by other individuals and the story follows a woman played by bryce dallas howard lacy and she is super concerned with her appearance on social media and her social status and her social rating um and she is desperately uh, trying to increase her score in order to access better opportunities because that's, that's the thing about this society lots of things in their society are gate kept based on rating it's definitely a clear metaphor for uh, it's definitely a metaphor for class but we'll get into that um in later so Lacey wants to improve her status in society and access better opportunities so in this episode, Lacey receives a wedding invitation from one of her childhood friends, Naomi, who has a high rating. So she's a she's a socialite. She's an influential person. Um, she's a high four, as they say in this episode. So Lacey believes that by attending this wedding, 
she'll get the social boost that she desires in order to be able to purchase this new um, home that she is being gatekept out of getting um, because of her rating. So she embarks on this journey um, to get to the wedding and things just to go so, 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 so poorly for Lacey. And <laughs> it's just a nightmare to watch. So it's essentially a series of unfortunate events that leads to her her rating plummeting. Um, and she just plummets down the social ladder and she ends up making a complete fool of herself at the wedding before finally coming to terms and finally accepting at the very end that just forget this. Um, and I think what the ending meant was that she's finally fully just been like, I don't care about the social rating system. And she's liberated because of that. So this episode explores the themes of the superficiality of online validation, uh, themes of social conformity, the potential consequences of living in a society that is driven by constant evaluation. It serves as a critique of the obsession with social media, the pressure to maintain a pristine image, and the impact it can have on one's mental state, mental well-being, and the impact that it has on the ability to form genuine human connection. So the idea of this social credit system, it's central to the episode. Do you see any similarities between the system in the episode and systems we have in our own reality? Wait, so this isn't our society? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, well, obviously, yeah. I mean... It feels very familiar. It's I very mean, how Instagram. How many people do you know that act a lot like the main character in this episode? There are some people, 100%, that you know them in real life. <laughs> you know who they are. And then you see them on Instagram or social media, and you're like, who is this fake person that I'm seeing right now? It's an entirely fabricated image that's just for social brownie points it's just for the likes it's just for the clicks what makes this episode so crazy to watch is that you take that whole like into instagram culture and then you just move it to the rest of the world and it just seems like a the episode nightmare. felt like a, the neighborhood seemed plastic yeah almost if instagram was like the instagram, world instagram world is what this episode felt like so yeah it was definitely disturbing to see those similarities for sure and everyone in that world has this pressure to look at each other and rate each other five stars and give each other a little smile because no one and wants the bad rating i felt pressure like that with people who like add me on social media even though i barely know them and you feel like oh okay i guess i have to add you back or you know I, I, you've heard of follow for follow like for like yeah same sort of thing and the scary thing about this world is that it really it goes beyond instagram this time it affects every aspect of your social life it, where you can live where you can work the people you can interact with, the buildings you can enter. It is a full-on class system. Um, and that is and very... authorities have the ability to put your social rating down. Yeah. So as a punishment, your rating can be lowered by like one point temporarily that's or huge. permanently. One and that's huge. huge in this world. You could not be able to she get into your job. She could barely rent a car at some point. Ugh, yeah. Well, do you see any potential benefits to this system? No. <laughs> no, no benefit at all. No. No, 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 I don't think so. I, I don't think there's any benefit to this system. I feel like it's all cost, no benefit. You gain nothing by this. It's horrible. They live in a horrible society. I would absolutely rather live in the cubicle world than this world. This is absolutely the worst Black Mirror society. No benefit. I don't see it. Can you see benefit? Can you play devil's advocate? Do you see anything? Um, 
No. No. I, I was going to say, like, maybe, like, oh, it'll be easier to know, like, oh, maybe this person's just kind of a bad person. But, but not when really. You, when you watch the episode, it's like there's people with those scores because uh, they're just true to themselves and they don't care. You would think, I mean, ostensibly, that is the case, right? That the lower the rating, like, the worse the person. You would think that is the case. It's, it's not actually the but case. But this episode disproves that, right? The, this episode totally disproves that. The terrible people are the elites. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there's a part where Lacey... The main character is trying to improve her score Mm -hmm. and she's talking to a consultant and the consultant says authenticity is the key. (laughs) Yeah. Is authenticity the key? Well, authenticity is the key if you want to make a genuine connection with people. I mean, and like, again, from the from the lens of a content creator, I try to include as much authenticity as possible. Right. So when I was covering Game of Thrones on my channel. I had a really hard time with that last season and I did not want to continue, you know, talking about something that was not, that didn't feel good to talk about. So I pivoted from that point to just cover things that I like, cover books that I like, cover things that I'm really passionate about and only cover things that I care about. And I feel like that has really worked for me. So I think authenticity is key, but what does authenticity mean in a society like this? Is it possible to be authentic in a society like this? I don't think it is. I I don't think authenticity is possible when everyone is judging you on every single single interaction. It's not possible. Not if you want to function socially in this society. I mean, you could be like the trucker woman (laughs) and not function socially at all. But if you want to function socially, like it seems like you can't be authentic. Well, what were some of your favorite moments of this episode? It's, it's got some pretty iconic moments. So a couple of my favorite moments are definitely the more comedy moments. The airport scene was just hilarious. She's like, I'm a 4.2. And she goes, mm, you're actually a 4.183. <laughs> the airline lady was hilarious. Um, and then also the, the car lot guy. Um, she's like two stars and he goes it wasn't a meaningful encounter <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel sometimes like, just that wasn't was, a meaningful encounter like why do i need to put on a smile that was a little bit of authenticity <laughs> yeah. and i feel i'd feel better like, about it if it like if your rating wasn't affecting my actual like life though it's like your rating is affecting my life so yeah give me five stars but yeah that was really really funny to me and then also <laughs> the people that were going to the convention when Lacey's just finally had it on the bus with the people and she goes up to them and she says, I have never seen your stupid fucking show. And then she screams, I hope they cancel it. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought those were my favorite moments from the, from the episode. Those were great moments. And then the wedding scene is not my favorite moment just because of how freaking stressful it is and how I just have like, I cringe. That would be my favorite moment if it, if I could watch it. I can't watch it without like covering my eyes and cringing. From like how like uh well that's the only moment that Lacey is truly authentic she becomes truly authentic she in was that fake moment. laughing fake crying the entire episode and then in that episode she here's the realness here's <laughs> the realness really on her mind you stole the guy that i liked she says to her friend in more explicit terminology but yeah just a great great episode well we've gotten into what this episode is about it's about, you know, the lack of authenticity in social media. But it's it, it's basically a thought experiment. What if we took Instagram and made it the real world? <laughs> well, did you notice any similarities thematically that this episode shares with the other two that we talked about? 
definitely it shares themes surrounding around human connection and human social interaction. I think that's what each one of these episodes was about to some degree. Um, so you have 15 million merits and it's all, it's all about being, finding a genuine connection with the person in this fabricated world and then having that taken away from him. And then you have entire history of you, which is all about um, social interactions and how that's kind of screwed up by technology. And then you have um, this episode, Nosedive, which is about both of those things, you know, uh, trying to find genuine connections and not being able to, and also how social interactions are screwed up by technology. But this is, I, I feel like this is the most extreme example. Like to me, I would rather live in the grain world than this world. I would rather live in the cubicles than this world. This world seems like an absolute nightmare. I don't know. It seems anti-human. How can you be a human in this nosedive reality? That's why to me it's the worst one. Though it does share themes and ideas, it goes to a place to me that's just so devastating and so spooky and so scary that it's just like I couldn't exist in this world. Because you asked me if I could live in the cubicle world, if I could live in the grain world. Yes, I could exist. I could deal with it. This world, I would crumble. This world would destroy me. And I absolutely know that to the core of my being. So between having the grain living in that world or living in the 15 million merits world where you're in a cubicle, which one of those would you rather live in? Well, I guess it would have to be the grain since that is the closest to my current reality. And that's the only reason why it's the closest to my current reality. I would say the same, but I would double down. I want to live in that world. That grain you seems want so that cool. Grain. I stand by what I say. You want that grain. It's like I that. Want that grain. What's that movie where the guy takes the pill and then he remembers everything? I forget what it's called, but there's a movie like that. And I've, I've seen that concept in more science fiction things, but it is it is appealing. It 100% is appealing. And I get why you would live in a world with the grain and i feel like on a different day maybe i'd say yeah and i'd be fine with the grain too i don't know but i just i just know myself and i know i <laughs> know how it would torture me. You are <laughs> <laughs> so have, have you seen all of black mirror i have i've seen every episode of black mirror at me least too. once me too what are, what are some of your favorite episodes that we didn't get to talk about today um what's the star trek episode called uss callister that is my, my favorite episode all time oh my gosh episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I mean, Star why didn't we talk about that one today? Well, we didn't talk about that one because it's more of a fun episode, and it was playing on certain ideas that were built up, built upon, and it was playing on certain ideas that were like built up and explored in other Black Mirror episodes. And it's more like fun. It's more like a. It's more of an episode that's clearly made for fans of Star Trek. <laughs> that's what it was, um, and that's why I really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I love Star Trek: The Next Generation. Captain Picard um data all of them and of course the original series and all star trek shows strange new worlds is our new obsession oh yeah but yeah i love star trek and that was one of my favorite episodes um do you have a least favorite episode my least favorite episode uh maybe the big one um i wasn't crazy about the dog episode i know a lot of people black and white yeah i know a lot of people like that one i'm not crazy about it okay it's okay it's fun um, and also another of my favorite episodes, San Junipero. I oh, yeah. That's like cool. the only positive episode. One of the only positive ending. episodes. It's a great, great episode about death. And, you know, this is an idea that I've been thinking about a lot. I with, would live in that world. Well, with the sure. coming of AI and, you know, 
I'm not really like an astrological person, but you know, people say we're moving into the age of Aquarius and it's the age mm. of like logic and science. So I do kind of see that we are moving in this direction where people want a new God, you know, like Nietzsche kind of said, God is dead. Right. right. But in the age of Aquarius, we, we create a new God and that new God is AI. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And in this episode, it, well, in, in the San Junipero episode, they create an afterlife in the form of, of, of this AI world, this, this, this digital realm, right? So it's like we create God, we create the afterlife. We're like, we create it. So I think that's, that's really interesting, if you ask me. So what are your favorite uh, Black Mirror episodes other than the USS Callister one? And, you're, and maybe do you have a least favorite other than that one? Well, USS Callister is definitely my favorite episode. The other episodes that I like are, um, oh, what's it called? White Christmas. It's the one that's got like those three that's stories. That's <laughs> Gave me an existential the crisis. The pain one is really like it. hard to watch. The, doc- yeah. the pain doctor one, that yeah. one's hard. And that episode's similar to another favorite of mine, uh, Black Museum. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. It's a scary one. That's a good one. Oh, the one with the mom and the bear, that freaks me out. You know, the mom that gets put in the bear. Oh, yeah. I think oh. that's in the white Christmas. Oh, that's in the white. Yeah. I get them confused. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that one. That I one. I could be. I could be. Totally no, because it, it, I it, get those two episodes confused. It is in the museum one because the, the girl takes the oh. bear with her in the car at the end. Of You're it. right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Oh, that would freak me out. That would freak me out. Because the idea of being in trap, have your consciousness trapped uh, on the, on this lower level of reality oh. and only be able to say yes or no. I had a dream like that. Horrible. Once. Oh, my God. Yeah. Existential dread. My least favorite episode, I don't know. It's that one that I fell asleep <laughs> during. I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but that one. From the newer season? Mm, yeah. I think it has something to do with social media. There's like a person in a car, uh, honestly. Oh, that I was the Twitter episode. Like, Is it okay? The Twitter episode. That was I one kept of, falling asleep, so that's that, my least favorite. That's I, my answer. Yeah, I feel like the last couple of seasons of Black Mirror have really been experimenting, and some of the episodes are less Black Mirror-y than others and i feel like that right. was one of the ones that wasn't very black mary i felt like it could have been a part of something else so i get that even when they're not about technology or science fiction especially in this newer season they're still interesting yeah have you seen the new season i have seen the new season and there's there's a few good ones there's a few ones that i definitely enjoyed a few that i was like this could have been on a totally different show but i'm interested but this yeah, this doesn't belong a few on black that mirror like netflix had a like, script for something like oh let's call it black mirror like the werewolf one yeah, that could have but been they're in still something enjoyable else. it's not like i didn't enjoy them definitely enjoyable. incredibly interesting so what is the point of black mirror so Black Mirror is is what it says it is. It's the reflection of our society. It's it's the it's the dark side of our society, usually through the lens of technology. That's the that's the characteristic of Black Mirror that I think stands out the most. It's the dark side of technology. When I it's first started watching Black Mirror, I had no idea what the title meant. Mm-hmm. And I was staring at the TV. You know, right when it starts, it says Black Mirror, then the screen cracks and it's just a black screen. I saw my reflection in the screen. It's and you. I was like, good Lord. It's That's what, you. <laughs> I finally understood. It's a very meta show. And sometimes they get a little bit too meta. I think the, the newer season has a few moments that are a little bit too meta. But Streamberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we don't have to get too meta with, with it. But I, I, the, I, that... That meta quality is definitely something that makes Black Mirror stick because anybody can watch it. And unlike um, a lot of science fiction, like if you're on a spaceship, right, it's harder for a lot of people to see the parallels. You're in like this fantastical environment. But when it comes to Black Mirror, the reason that it works, the reason too why it's so successful and so popular is because people 
can easily see themselves in it. And that is very scary because it doesn't often paint us as humans in the best light. And I think that's really why it's so popular. And that's why we keep coming back every season for more Black Mirror. So this has been the first episode of Cosmic Chronicles. Exciting. Yay, exciting. Join us every other Friday for new episodes as we continue to explore the cosmos through all the media we love and cherish. All right, reiterate the links, James. Well, we got a YouTube channel called Cosmic Chronicles. Cosmic Chronicles <laughs> I Podcast. I keep wanting to say Cosmic Contrails, Cosmic it, Chapters. It's brand new. It's We're going to hang out. We're cosmic <laughs> Cosmic Chronicles. <laughs> cosmic Chronicles Podcast. Type it into YouTube. It's the first thing that shows up. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find all the links at our RSS feed, which is cosmicchronicles.buzzsprout.com. And to end things out, we're going to list off some of our future topics. Exploring the foundations and introduction into science fiction. Diving into Dune, unraveling the epic world of Frank Herbert. Hyperion's Odyssey, dissecting the multi-layered narrative of Dan Simmons. The Three-Body Problem, exploring the intersection of science and philosophy in Lu Shishin's masterpiece. Space Operas and Beyond, a journey through Alistair Reynolds' Revelation Space. Blade Runner, from Philip K. Dick's novel to Ridley Scott's cinematic vision. Boldly Going, the enduring legacy of Star Trek and its impact on science fiction. I'm excited for that one. The Force Awakens, analyzing the cultural phenomenon of Star Wars. I'm excited for that one. The Expanse, a new era of science fiction television and its political themes. The Power of Sci-Fi, how imagined futures shape real-world innovation. From page to screen, examining the challenges of adaptation in science fiction. AI and robotics, exploring the ethics and implications in science fiction. Post-apocalyptic worlds, unraveling the themes and subgenres within the genre. Time travel, a deep dive into the paradoxes and possibilities of temporal Exciting. fiction. I'm excited about the time travel <laughs> one. Steampunk, investigating the fascinating blend of Victorian aesthetics and futuristic technology. Mind-bending concepts, examining the intersection of science and philosophy in sci-fi. Afrofuturism, spotlighting the unique contributions of African-American sci-fi creators. Hey, that's me. Sci-fi as a social commentary, analyzing the reflections of society in imagined futures. Stay tuned, fellow cosmic explorers, and we hope that you join us every other Friday for more cosmic adventures. <laughs>